Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan, ESPN, ESPN.com Giants reporter. And yes, I am alive. I know it's been a little while since we've had a podcast. I was planning on doing one earlier this week, but illness took hold of me. And now we're sitting here on Friday. I'm still under the weather. I'm sitting here with a box of tissues, a cup of tea, uh, throat lozenges, right? And I'm trying to bang this out. And what I'm really going to do is I'm just going to empty my notebook for you guys and girls from the combine, right? I mean, I've been wanting to do this for like over a week now and... I'm finally healthy enough, I believe, to make this happen. I know I'm sick. Insert the coronavirus joke. I'm going to lay off that one for obvious reasons. But look, I'm alive. We have free agency on the horizon. I'm taping this on March 6th. So what? 10 days till the start of the legal tampering period? 12 days till the start of actual free agency? It's coming. And so stuff was going down at the Combine in Indianapolis last week. And uh, I'm here to tell you what I believe I know and what I've heard. So let's start from the top. Free agency. We'll, we'll start with free agency. We'll get to the draft, the little, little draft stuff you heard from, from Indianapolis. But free agency's first, so let's go there, okay? Jadavian Clowney. That's going to be the top pass rusher on the market. And as Dave Gettleman said, he thinks that's pro- maybe because of the injuries. Well, it's not really because of the injuries. It's because the Seattle Seahawks and Jadavian Clowney made a deal that he was not allowed to be franchised. But the injuries, are his past injury history is part of why it's going to be hard to pay him in that $20 million range. Now, I know people have said $22, 23000000 It's not going to get there. doesn't sound like Jadavian Clowney is going to have that kind of market. This is a guy, very disruptive player. The Seahawks want him back, but they want him back at the right price. The Titans want him, but they're in the Tom Brady hunt, right? So they're kind of paralyzed with Tom Brady. And on top of that, they have to take care of Derrick Henry, their star running back. The Colts, that's the team to look out for here. Now, I know you say the Colts, well, the Chris Ballard, he doesn't, he's not the big spender, right? But the Colts have to spend a certain amount this offseason. They have to reach the floor. Now, the Giants, they'll probably monitor it, but they're not going to be one of these teams willing to really go and crush it and say, okay, we're going to give Jadavian Clowney the deal, the 2020 version of the deal they gave Olivia Vernon. One of the reasons they were comfortable at the time doing the Olivier Vernon deal was he was young. They thought he had upside. And at that point of his career, he had no injuries. He had played 16 games every year of his career with the Miami Dolphins. So if you're going to invest and make that big an investment, they thought it would be lower risk if you did it with a guy who had zero injury history. So so Jadavian Clowney, I think the Giants will monitor that one. But will they land him? I'd probably be surprised at this point. But we'll see. That's how this free agency is going to go. The Giants are good. They have a lot of money. They have 70 plus million according to our ESPN system. One person told me it's really more like in the in the mid 60s it'll come out to because like not everybody's numbers are exactly right. Everybody has differing numbers basically when it comes to these things. But regardless, the Giants have money to spend. So let's say they have in the mid 70s according to our estimation. That's a lot of money to spend. Even if Dave Gettleman wants to save 20 million. Now the Giants have said they, they don't believe in building your team through free agency. But that doesn't mean they don't need to supplement their team with big money defensive players, at least one from free agency, because they have $23 million, 
it might even be 22. 22 or $23 million allotted to defense against the salary cap right now. That is essentially one star player. I mean, Aaron Donald costs more than that. Khalil Mack costs more than that. That's the Giants' entire defense. Their top cap hit on defense this year, right now, is Dexter Lawrence. First round pick from last year. Slated to make the most money on defense this year in actual cash. Antoine Bethay, who quite frankly probably shouldn't even be on the team because his play dipped off the cliff last year. So that's where the Giants are defensively. And they need players. As far as the rest of that pass rush group, I mean the Bud Dupree's of the world. I'll get to Yannick Ngakwe in a second because he's getting tagged as well. Uh, Bud Dupree, uh, Arik Armstead for the 49ers, uh, even Dante Fowler from the Rams. These are guys that people around the league, now not, not Dante Fowler, he won't be tagged, but most of these guys are going to be tagged. So they're not even going to be available, right? And the ones that are, it's believed that there's a good chance to go back to the team they're with. So this really limits the Giants' options. Sorry, I'm losing it here a little bit. I'm losing it. Got to regroup here, okay? So let's get to Yannick Ngakwe. He, he's there. We've seen, right? You see everything he says, everything he's done. He would love to come to the Giants. He wants out of Jacksonville. We know that. Anyone with a brain who's watching knows that. He's a young pass rusher. He gets to the quarterback. But the Jaguars want to bring him back. They're trying to bring him back. They're freeing up money. They're trying to mend fences. You know, they want Josh Allen and Yannick Ngakwe, and you build around that. Wouldn't you? Isn't that the way you build a team? So if you're the Jaguars, they're going to try everything in their power to do that. So, And plus, and I've talked about this before, the Giants are not overloaded with picks. Right now, they have two top 90 picks. Two picks in the top 90. Number four overall, which you're not trading, and a number 36. Okay? So two very valuable picks. The Leonard Williams trade contributes to this. So Leonard Williams trade, they got rid of an early third rounder, right? So let's say off the top of my head, what is that? 64 plus another four, so 68 or something like that. 68, 69. They traded that pick for Leonard Williams. That now limits their ability to be flexible, right? Because let's say they do trade their second round pick in a deal for Ngakwe. This year's second round pick and next year's second round pick, okay? They get a great pass rusher, but they also pick fourth overall. And then won't pick again until a compensatory pick at the end of the third round. So basically the top of the fourth round. This is a team, by the way, that needs a lot of players, that needs a lot of pieces. And then next year, they're already down two picks because another one from the Leonard Williams trade, whether it's a fourth or fifth round pick, depending on where they sign them before free agency. And then the second rounder, they, again, that they give up next year for Ngakwe. So that's a the, – the Giants, it's going to be tough for them to make that kind of move. Now the Dolphins, who have an overload of picks, the Broncos, who have – I believe are going to have 11 picks in this year's draft. Those teams have the assets to be able to move like that, make moves like that. I'm not sure the Giants do. Dave Gettleman Company, maybe they have something up their sleeve, but they're going to have to be very, very creative, and we'll see if they can do it. I'm not I'm not so sure. So real quick on Leonard Williams. <clears throat> For the people I talk to, from what I know, he's getting tagged. He's staying with the Giants, okay? It's just a matter of whether it's a tr- transition or a franchise tag if he doesn't have a long-term deal. That's what makes sense here. You tag him. You try and work out a long-term deal. If it doesn't work out, let him play for that one year and earn it. If you have to overpay him for that one year, fine. You have the cap space, so it's a move that they can make. The transition tag, to me, makes the most sense because the difference between franchise and transition is the Giants will be able to match an offer from another team with either one of them. But if they decide not to match the transition tag, he just walks for free. Where if you decide to match, if you decide not to match an offer on the franchise tag, the other team has to give you back compensation. But nobody's going to go and blow away Leonard Williams with a huge deal that the Giants are going to be like, no way, we're not going to pay that. Now, 31 other teams, or 30 other teams, because the Jets don't. Now, you know what the Jets do? 
31 other teams want Leonard Williams. Every team would take Leonard Williams at $5 million. Here's your guy, one year, $5 million. Every team would take him. He's a quality player in this league. Every team would want him. The question is, how good is he? He pressures the quarterback. He doesn't sack the quarterback. He doesn't make tackles for loss. He had two last year. So he's a quality player. He's not a great player. So $13.1 million on the transition tag. One year, nobody's going to offer anything for Leonard Williams better than that. Boom, boom. The Giants, there you go. They'll have him. Now, where you look next for the Giants is they need veteran presence on defense. Two main spots. Middle linebacker (coughs) and cornerback, right? Janoris Jenkins is gone. He ran himself out of town. He was a questionable leader in the first place. But look who's in that secondary right now. Look at your cornerbacks. Sam Beal, DeAndre Baker, Corey Ballantyne, Grant Haley. You need a veteran. So the Giants are going, are they're in on Byron Jones. They're going to be in on that. Byron Jones is a quality player. Played for the Cowboys. Not a real ball hawk. Doesn't have great ball skills, but a really quality corner. Can play man-to-man, which the Giants are going to do a lot of. That's something that Pat Graham did a lot in Miami. Could expect to see a lot from Joe Judge, I believe. We're going to see a lot of man-to-man. So Giants need a veteran cornerback. They're going to be in that Byron Jones market. From what I've been told, it's going to end up being in the $16 million range. There's not going to be a bidding war between the Giants and the Eagles as some have presented or whatever. But Byron Jones has a big market. He's a good player. Top quarterback on the market. So you're talking about a player who's going to have options. He's basically going to pick where he goes. Let's say he has five or six options right now. I believe that's probably accurate. Five or six realistic options. And he's going to get to say, I want to go to this team. And the numbers pretty much are going to be... Around the same. $16 million. Maybe it probably reaches 17 Something like that. Now, I don't expect the Giants to go, all right, in order to get him, we got to get to $18 million. We're going to do this. We're just going to go bid. No, the Giants aren't going to operate that way. I'm telling you. They're not going to operate that way. They will go to the next guy, James Bradbury. They will look to the next guy, Logan Ryan or Bradley Roby, if they have to. I mean, that's how, they're gonna, that's how the Giants are going to operate here in free agency. They're looking for defensive players to help this team. They're going to start at the top. At cornerback, that's Byron Jones. At middle linebacker, that's Corey Littleton. I mean, I talked to people. They said by far, Littleton is the best linebacker on the market. And then if the price they believe is too high for them, they're going to move to the next and try and find better value to add pieces to this defense. They're not looking to add that one piece to make them a Super Bowl contender right now. We know that. They know that. Everybody knows that. So they're going to be careful. But they're going to start with Byron Jones. They're going to start with Corey Littleton. Then Blake Martinez, Joe Schobert, a player to keep an eye on that I've heard a lot of good things about, Nick Kwiatkowski from the Bears. Hasn't played a ton, started as an injury replacement for Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan this past year, but a nice little player. People that I've talked to kind of like him. So definitely a player that I would keep my eye on there. But again, you start with Corey Littleton. I mean, this is a, this is the best linebacker on the market. You have to do personnel evaluation on each guy as if they're from basically Mars, right? You can't be scared because a guy from the Rams failed in the past. Your personnel evaluation needs to speak for itself. So Corey Littleton can play. He can cover, which God knows we haven't seen a Giants linebacker do in forever. He can play the run. He can play sideline to sideline. He's the new age linebacker. So good quality player. Keep an eye on him. See how that goes. Now, if the Giants don't get clowny, they're still going to need pass rushers. They want to bring back Marcus Golden. He's going to test free agency, see what his market is again. Giants are going to see what the prices are and try and bring in quality pass rushers for decent prices. The Kyle Van Noyes of the world is someone to keep an eye on. Versatility. That is the key word with all these guys. 
Corey Littleton, versatile. Byron Jones, versatile. <clears throat> Kyle Van Noy, versatile. That is what Joe Judge and Patrick Graham are looking for in this defense. They are going to be a very multiple defense. It's something they've preached. I've heard them say it multiple times. They've said it to me on the side. Versatility. That is going to be key. So remember that. Not specialized players versatile players so you want to profile players that the Giants might be interested in look for versatile players as far as offensive line and it may be early I just may not have heard it but I just haven't heard much with the Giants going like oh Jack Conklin they're in that they're gonna go and they're gonna break the bank for that one just haven't heard it maybe it's true maybe it happens I have heard them poking around for centers though I think that's gonna be a possibility here uh can't count on John Jalapio coming off a Achilles injury right that's too risky didn't play great last year in the first place but he's coming off an Achilles injury in week 17 so you're not penciling that in as your starting center you can't do that so you gotta look for a center one possibility I heard floated around, Nick Gates, who played pretty well in his starts at guard and tackle. Maybe you could envision him as a center. Maybe. Again, that's a hard sell to say we're coming into the season with this guy as our center. Hasn't really ever played center much. Maybe in a few little bit here or there in practice, but other guys on the market, maybe I'd keep an eye on. Joe Looney, right? Comes from the Cowboys. Played pretty well in place of Travis, Travis Frederick. Has the connection to Jason Garrett and Mark Colombo. Makes a lot of sense. Sounds like there might be a little interest there. Might be something that works. We'll see. So center, something that I'm keeping my eye on. But they're going to have to do something at right tackle. I'm just not sure it's shop at the top end of that market, okay? As far as other things, the quarterback shuffle is the really interesting one. And this doesn't, this isn't really that Giants related, but if Tom Brady does not go back to the Patriots, which a lot of people, and I'm talking about even some heavy hitters around the league, think is going to happen because Robert Kraft still has, you know, he's the, he's the owner. If he wants to make that happen, he makes it happen. So there's still a lot of people that believe he goes back to New England. But if he doesn't, it looks like the Titans are the team. You talk to people around the league, that's the team. And if you think about it, they're kind of not doing anything with Ryan Tannehill right now, right? So why would the Titans, who had a great year with Ryan Tannehill, why would they not be proactive with Ryan Tannehill? Unless they really legitimately thought they had a shot with Tom Brady. And remember, Mike Vrabel is really close with Tom Brady. So he would know if he had a shot with Tom Brady. So the Titans and Tom Brady, I really think that's going to happen. My opinion, we'll see. Uh Other things to keep an eye on. Uh, the Giants and the, uh, well, Darius Slay, let's go to that. That's a cornerback option. I don't think that's one we should completely rule out either. But again, trade makes it tough for the Giants. They're asking for a third rounder or better, is, is what I hear from a couple people. Again, can the Giants give up a second round pick for Darius Slay? Can they give up pick 36 for Darius Slay and then pay him 16, 17 million dollars? They're not really in a great position to do that either. So that's tough. Uh, special teamers, by the way. The Cody Coors, Antonio Hamiltons of the world. That market is between two and three million dollars for good quality special teamers nowadays. Just guys who are almost strictly special teamers. And you have to think that Joe Judge is a guy who values special teams. We know Dave Gettleman does. So don't be surprised to see the Giants get a bunch of those guys. Guys in those ranges. The two million dollar special teamer guys who may not be huge contributors at their position now. They have to be reliable backups at least, but, but they will be Huge contributors on special teams. Uh, let's see. What else? What else? What else? Oh, Patriots guys. Haven't heard a lot about it yet. And I don't think it's going to be a huge priority for Joe Judge. I got to bring Patriots guys in here. I got to bring guys I know, but I would, he, I would be surprised if he didn't get one or two in. It's not going to be like Bill Parcells where he comes and brings in 17 of his own guys, right? Wherever Bill Parcells went, there was, you knew there was three or four players that were coming with him no matter what, but. 
I do think Joe Judge is going to want to bring in a guy or two. Just a guy or two. Haven't heard much about it. Devin McCourty is the one whose name gets attached to it probably the most. Haven't heard anything there. Didn't hear anything there, at least at the Combine. But that doesn't mean it's out of consideration. Remember, the Giants were interested in Devin McCourty several years ago. So if the price is right, they'll be interested in Devin McCourty again. Just a matter of what that price is. So, all right, let's turn to the draft for a minute. Then we'll wrap this up, right? Okay? Giants pick fourth. Everything with that fourth pick is contingent on Tua. Still, nothing changed. And I don't think we're still, he's still not in the clear. He still has to work out. All these things with Tua are still up in the air. Nothing has changed. Nothing. They did the medicals. There's still some teams that are going to be concerned with what they saw there. And I'm not just talking to him. There's ankle stuff from the past too. So Tua is going to be a concern. You need that one team, two teams to fall in love with him. You need the Lions to fall in love with Isaiah Simmons or something or Okuda or whoever it is at number three. This way, the Giants pick then gets great value. But I'm having a hard time seeing how number four right now is that humongous value pick. The humongous value pick right now, the Giants really missed out, are two and three. Two because you get Chase Young or you could draft two or you could trade for a gigantic amount. (coughs) Three, because the likelihood is it's going Joe Burrows, Chase Young. And I'm not a believer and that the Redskins are going to take Tua. They're just leaving open the possibility, and they want to get those offers that say, okay, someone wants Tua really bad. What are you willing to offer? Seven first-round picks will pass on Chase Young. Okay. So the Giants, I mean, yes, that that win over the Redskins late in the season, holy cow, you rue the day that that happened, right, in retrospect. Boy, did that hurt. Still sitting at four, not a bad spot, but it might not be so easy to trade down. You might not get that ransom. You you could probably trade down. You're just not going to get that huge haul that you would get if you had two or three. And I still think a trade down is the right move for them because Tristan Wirfs, Makai Becton, Jedrick Wills, the three top offensive linemen, Andrew Thomas. Like, there's some borderline top ten offensive linemen. The Giants could take their pick and get him at get one of those guys at seven, eight. Problem is, what can you get for a team to move up three spots and who are they going to do it for? Now, Isaiah, I hear a lot of good things about Tristan Wirfs. Makai Becton as well. I mean, I told, I was told Becton was a freak. He was going to work out off the charts, run around five seconds, and he did. At 363 pounds. So just a beast. The thing with him is he's probably not as far along technique-wise as Tristan Wirfs. Wirfs is from Iowa. You know, they're, they're drilled for the NFL Iowa offensive lineman. And he probably has more upside, Becton. But if you're the Giants, this is just my thinking. I'm putting myself in the Giants' shoes for a second. I'm pretending I'm the Giants and how they operate. Worse to me, just seems like he would be the, he's an offensive tackle from Iowa. Played on the right, to play on the right side. They could eventually try and move him to the left. But he seems to be the safer bet. And when you're picking this high, that always seems to be, that should be the priority. Minimizing risk. Becton probably has the higher ceiling, but Worse is probably a little safer risk. So if I... Thinking like the Giants think, it makes me think Tristan Wirfs. And they've been all over him throughout this process so far. They met with him at the combine. They've talked to him. They've been all over him. I would be stunned if they didn't bring him in for uh, a visit at some point. And let me say this. So I go to – I'm at the combine. This will be my Jordan on the beat. And I go to play basketball at the – Jordan on the beat, by the way, is the part of the show where I give you a little insight of what it's like to be the Giants writer, Giants beat writer, whatever. So I get asked by a couple people, say, hey, you want to come play basketball? We're going to play hoops at the Y. So I go to the YMCA. First of all, I'm there on business. So I have a bunch of dress shoes, and I wore on the plane, I have a pair of black Yeezys, black on black. 
Now, let me tell you, these are not made to play basketball. They're not even made to run in. I thought I was going to die on the basketball court wearing these things. Like, every time I jumped, and I don't jump very high, I'm talking about like two inches off the ground, I thought my ankle was just going to collapse when I hit the ground. I mean, it felt like I was jumping with nothing on my feet. It really did. And the guys on the court, because we're playing in a game, there's like big pickup games going on there with like legit players. You know, guys that are deck dunk. You know, some definitely guys that, that played in college. And they're looking at me like, who is this schlub? Probably the oldest guy on the court. Okay, in a pair of Yeezys. Like, what kind of idiot does that? And one of the guys is like, what are you doing? And I was just like, I'm here on business. This is all I had. I know. I, mean, I look like an idiot. I know. Like, I'm the idiot. I'm that guy. But while I'm at the Y, when I first get there, I'm waiting for my buddy, Jeremy Fowler, who works for ESPN as well. And who do I bump into? Tristan Wirfs. He was sneaking in a workout at the Y while he's there getting ready for his pro day. I mean, not pro day. His combine workout, I believe, the two days later. So that's the kind of guy you have, a guy who doesn't want to miss his workouts, a guy I think you can trust. There's a lot to like with this kid. I saw some videos of him athletically off the charts for a guy who's an offensive tackle. I mean, you could th- just go look what he ran. What, he ran like a three eight five or something like that for an offensive lineman? Are you kidding me? These guys are something else. So I don't think you could lose with Werf Serbeckton. Jedrick Wells, I had heard something at some point about we'll see how he checks out medically. And when you hear that, usually it's not a big deal, right? But the Giants are very conservative medically when it comes to draft. Very. You'd be surprised at how many players they wouldn't be willing to take because they want to minimize the risk medically. Like, I I reported Miles Jack. They basically weren't going to take Miles Jack. They loved Miles Jack. They basically weren't going to take him. They had him off the board, basically, because of injuries. Even a player like, I think it was the year Leonard Williams came out. So what, five years ago or so? So what, like 2015? Uh, Todd Gurley was one of the highest-ranked players on the Giants board. He might have been number one, but they wouldn't be able to take him because they had him medically flagged because of the knee, ironically, which now is coming back to bite him later in his career. So Todd Gurley was probably number one on the Giants board that year. That might have been the, is that the, that's the Odell draft, right? That 14? Might have been 14. 14 or 15. Anyway. There's a lot of guys like that with the Giants over time. You probably wouldn't even know that they have medically flagged. And they do because they're very, very conservative in that regard. Now, I I don't know if there's anything to Wills having anything medically, but it's been something that was mentioned to me at one point. So something to keep an eye on. We'll, we'll learn more about the offensive alignment along the way. But let's talk about Isaiah Simmons real quick. We'll wrap up on this, okay? Through the roof workout. Love the player. Versatility, right? That's his number one asset. What I say before about versatility, that is what this coaching staff is looking for. That is exactly what this coaching staff is looking for. You can play him at safety. You can play him at linebacker. You can play him off the edge. You can do anything with Isaiah Simmons. Look at the the freakish athleticism that he showed at the combine. 4-3-9 at what, 2-30? Are you kidding me? Seriously? Stud career at Clemson. Track guy at heart. I mean, there's just a lot of things to like about Isaiah Simmons. Which makes him a prime candidate for the pick at number four. And I think it's a possibility. Now, the only thing that would give me reservations, and I think will give the Giants reservations, and it'll give a lot of teams reservations, where do we use him? Now, that's a good problem to have, right? But let's say he's a safety, primarily. as his primary position is free safety, which I think is likely. Or, line, you know, or linebacker. But he's not necessarily your natural middle linebacker. Okay, either one of those spots. Now think about it. What are the premium positions in the NFL? Quarterback, offensive tackle, edge rusher, cornerback, maybe middle linebacker. To me, those are the premium positions. Isaiah Simmons doesn't really fit into any of those spots. While a great player, it's tough again to take that in that spot, the number four pick, 
and not be another premium position. That would be the second time in three years because they took Saquon Barkley, a running back, with the second pick two years ago. So you keep getting these premium picks, but you're not picking premium positions. That's tough because you got to fill those premium positions. And it's not like the Giants have them filled. Yes, they got their quarterback last year with one of those picks. But what about offensive tackle? Don't have that filled. Middle linebacker? Nope. Edge rusher? Nope. Cornerback? Nope. So what are we doing? Got to be really careful here. It makes me think in a way that they're probably better off if Isaiah Simmons is sitting there. Trade down. Let someone else take him. And you get that tackle that you desperately need. Because that's a premium position that they need filled. Now, the comp you get with Isaiah Simmons is Derwin James. And I love Derwin James. Difference-making player. Dominant player. Same thing. Versatile beyond belief. You could play him in uh, a nickel position. You could play him at safety. He could tackle. He could run. He could play linebacker. He could rush the quarterback when you need him to. The Chargers are a different team when Derwin James is on the field. And I would love to have that player on my team. Love. But the Giants still have so many holes to fill. they got to start filling more of them in the draft. So moving down, getting more assets, collecting more assets, filling more of those spots to me, makes a little more sense. So that's where I stand as of early March on the draft. We'll get more of that as we go along here. But uh, for now, that's it. Hope I did all right for you. My nose is dripping snot as I'm sitting here talking to you, basically. My throat is killing me, and I'm about to go take a nap. Hopefully, I'll be back for another episode of Breaking Big Blue in the near future, early next week. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan. You know how to reach me anytime. You know how to find this podcast. Tell your friends. It's everywhere, okay? Every place you can find a podcast, Breaking Big Blue is there. Make sure you follow. Make sure you like. Make sure you give feedback. I'm Jordan Ronan. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. See you next time. 